Hello, and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and discuss it in depth. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about Collector, the debut LP from Disc, spelled D-I-S-Q, and it starts with a song called Daily Routine. This is my daily routine. I wonder what it's like to be feeling clean. Guess I should probably know it's something I've already seen. is a five-piece from Madison, Wisconsin, and I may call them kids at various points during this discussion because they are young. I think they're all barely out of high school, like 19, 20 years old, but at least the two core members of the band uh, have been playing together for, I think, since before high school. So Yeah, they've known each other since they were kids. Yeah, so there's just this remarkable level of sophistication here that I totally blown away like they're so showing off with this first track where it's seamlessly pivoting from this kind of 90s slacker rock into this like much more like kind of classic rock vibe with that honky-tonk piano and then into this weird kind of british invasion interlude Mm -hmm. and it's all makes sense in the song even though these are crazy pieces to shove together and it's the remarkable confidence. Yeah. I mean, the album as a whole is a lot of different pieces to shove together with a lot of different influences. And it's a little bit, it it's not as cohesive as we might like to see, but often that's the case on a debut album just because they've had all these ideas rolling around in their brains for so long. And they want to make sure that they, that each track is kind of showcases a different style. Yeah. And so musically, certainly the case also lyrically, I mean, right here we're no repetition. There's, I think only a couple of choruses, but they're totally different lyrics in both choruses and they're not afraid to dive into kind of young adult malaise and like here I am kind of slacking and I, there's this life I'm supposed to want to live and I'm not even sure I want it. And I'm just, Am I going through the motions? I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, the I think this track sets up the themes of the record pretty well, too, of just kind of living your life according to this routine that you've set up and working a nine to five job and not really being sure if this is what you're supposed to be doing, but it's what you're doing now. And you hope that eventually it'll seem meaningful. Yeah. And it's always the thing like uh, you guys are amazing musicians and 
sing about like your day job, but obviously who knows if they'll make it big. Although I, it's kind of fun to look on the internet and I guess the British press is one of those, like they're getting, they might be big in the UK because they got noticed there. Which yeah. Is really unfortunately cool. they were supposed to play at South by Southwest, which got canceled and that was supposed to be the beginning of their tour, yeah, which now all of the super, tours are canceled. Super so. sad. But uh, in any case, at least hopefully they'll get attention on the internet now. And appropriately enough, the next song is called Konnichiwa Internet. I believe things all the time. album could have easily been kind of middle of the road slacker sort of pavement rock that didn't have a lot of character but they've really brought out the detail and the interesting things that like kept me listening and make it a little bit more interesting and unique and really leaped out um i think this song in particular has all these weird little electronic touches that are very interesting and a little bit confusing. Yeah, that synth that almost sounds like a harp. Mm-hmm. It feels very strange. And then there's kind of this very deranged piano earlier in the song. And then some of the guitars almost have this like surf guitar vibe, except so quiet you can't even hear it. It's mm-hmm. really strange, but fun. And the record was produced by Rob Schnopf, who's done a ton of very notable albums including Elliot Smith's early work and so I don't know how much he contributed to the production that makes it sound so interesting but it really this I feel like this is the song that stands out for interesting production yeah it's really impressive and I'm always have such respect for that role of the producer who you know with with this guy's resume he could just work with established artists and instead you can tell that over the years he sees different artists he wants to raise up so you know it's like hey i have this experience let me help you let's collaborate and it's really inspiring so that's like yeah he may have worked with elliot smith and back back in the 90s but he keeps finding these new artists now it's like yeah i can do beck's first album and i can do disc's first album and so discs signed to saddle creek which is a very well-known midwestern label and so i wonder if they created that connection yeah, it's again that idea of like these these smaller record labels that are really able to nurture their artists and maybe help these relationships come together and the results are fantastic. Like this thing is so cleanly produced that it yeah, I think without a, a sure hand at the helm it would be such a mess. So after I think these kind of generally slower except also super tempo shifted we go into a little more of a faster straightforward rock song on the next track it's called i'm really trying (laughs) 
sources of diversity on this album was is that they actually most of the songs are written by the front man and i'm probably going to slaughter this name but it's isaac debro sloan and then a couple of those are also written by the other core member reina bach but then there are two other guitarists and each of them gets a song in here and so that this is written by shannon connor who's also the keyboardist and it is such a wonderful blast of energy in this first stretch of the album where I think, as I said, most of the songs are kind of a little more methodical, even if they're much quirkier and this is much more straightforward, but such a great piece of power pop. Oh my God. And the guitar work, it is just a wonderful chance to see that all three of these guitarists are solid. And so the energy and the combination of different sounds and interplay between them, like no one's playing rhythm. That's all there. It all feels like there's three co-leads here and so it's great when you've got the bass just plowing ahead and then the kind of chugging guitar. And then uh, in my notes, I wrote a nasal guitar where it's like, yeah, but it's so playful and perfect for this kind of, again, it's kind of self-doubt. Like I'm doing the best I can. Just I'm doing the best I can here. It's kind of song. And they are, their, their best is pretty good. Yeah, none of these songs overstay their welcome. These are all short and sweet. I think it's 10 tracks on the record and it's 38 minutes long. Yeah, I think there's only a couple songs more than four minutes. Yeah, and so just some of these just like they don't, there's no self-indulgence. They just punch in and just kind of keep you going and then they're gone. Yeah, and so after this amazing, yeah, punch of energy, we go downshift dramatically and get, I would describe this next song as pretty quirky. It's called D19. Sometimes you need that memory sound To get your music off the ground It's something that you could have known Dynamic microphone, you know
type of microphone, which makes this song just very charming. It's a love song to a microphone that then breaks and hopefully is sent off to be fixed. And you could take it as a metaphor for relationships gone awry, or you could just take it as a sincere ode to a piece of equipment. Well, I, I love how one of my bad habits in trying to interpret lyrics is like, oh, this is a song about what it's like to be a musician. <laughs> like, well, no, that's the text here. And the subtext might be about a relationship. But I love that the that it is this, yeah, a love song and also kind of love and loss of the, the potential early in the relationship. And then, oh, nope, technical difficulties. <laughs> I, the bass response is bad. And, uh-huh. and it's so sad because I guess this was the uh, the um, the microphone that Ringo Starr used on his drums. <laughs> and it, it has this rich history, but also it was made in the 60s and probably fallen apart by now. So, yeah, vintage uh, musical equipment. <laughs> Problematic. But it, but it really shows their range because this is kind of a mostly acoustic song and it's it's kind of a verse chorus verse like traditional structure it's very charming but it's it's very different from the other songs and it's yeah it starts almost like a kind of folky Mm -hmm. sound and then i I look yeah you know that transition of where he says dynamic microphone and suddenly the production kind of kicks in and then you hear drums and more of a full present rock presentation but even in then it's got kind of this country vibe like there's a real twang yeah. on those guitars yeah. and he puts a little of that kind of in his voice and it's utterly charming and yeah i described it as quirky and i think yeah a love song to a microphone that counts <laughs> so next song is i think a little more of uh less quirky but still wonderful it's a track called loneliness i think that time is slowing down Things I do and I'm not proud of you dead Laying in my bed Filling up with dread Getting in my head But somehow I stay I used to look forward to this day Now it's time Don't think I was ready Cause I don't get dressed about loneliness and in some 
to some degree seasonal affective disorder and living in the Midwest where it's snowing. But it's the the song that I think has the most harmonization, vocal harmonies on it. And I really like that you're singing about loneliness, but also joined by your friends. Yeah, it's to me, I am. I keep being impressed by these guys and it, I, I should stop being impressed. But this one, there is such a remarkable journey from this really quiet acoustic and then even structurally, like I was writing, it's like, oh, it's verse to verse. And then there's these pre-choruses where you get this weird kind of synth scraping sound coming, letting you know like, oh, this isn't just some acoustic, um, someone who feels sad. And then it ends up opening into this sonic landscape that is so triumphant. And then I even gets kind of this 80s vibe, like some of the synth and guitar lines almost have a yacht rock kind of sound to them. Not what I expected, and yet it makes for a wonderful kind of social distancing anthem where it's just like, we're all going to be lonely, but we're going to be lonely together. It's such, The song is such an epic journey, and it covers so many different styles and shifts tone so many times, And it, but it doesn't seem fussy. Like uh, you, Often you could have a song like that that seems almost proggy, and it's irritating because it's just these shifts in tone that are abrupt, but this song, I feel like, really just fluidly segues from one piece to the other. Yeah, that, that these kids have that balance of skill and ambition on the one side but taste and restraint on the other and that it's kind of a miracle yeah for a first lp to have this level of polish and i know we keep saying it but you know it's like i I should get desensitized to how skilled they are yeah and i keep not so the next song we'll play is called gentle more straightforwardly power pop i think i'm not the only plenty of reviewers are saying i sound kind of like weezer in this album this track very much so uh and it's also one of the ones that was written by one of the guitarists logan severson but it's really good power pop and i it's power pop with that jangle in the guitars that sounds almost slightly out of out of tune yeah well in my notes i wrote it as bang guitars because it's (laughs) It's so loud. Everything is just maxed out Mm -hmm. and it's joyful noise. And it's, again, conventional can be really good if you you nail it 
this hard. So. Yeah, I mean, each of these songs are so different and display such a range of influences that it will be interesting to see where, what direction they take because they kind of have to pick pick a lane. I mean, I feel like if you're too eclectic, then you don't have an identity as a band that people can hang on to. It's, yeah, it is a danger, I think. I'll give them a few albums to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, sure. So, uh, next track we'll play. It's called Trash. Sticking underneath my feet All that time I have Prick my toes on Fun fact, the band thought about naming the album Trash Collector because of the song, but they thought it would be too easy pickings for reviewers who wanted to write a negative headline about their record. And again, this the level of self-awareness here, both in that story and then also just to hear this song and the lyrics about, oh, you know, I need to hold on to things and all I'm doing is just watching them get old and die and... Oh, I look back to my calendar from 10 years ago. And I just, at a certain point, I want to say, dude, you're 20. Yeah, I was going to say, 10 years ago, you were a small child. <laughs> but yeah, it's just the through line of remarkable self-awareness, remarkable artistic maturity. Mm-hmm. And it's so pretty. And I, and I love that in this album that has so much sonic variety, that the closest thing to a t- title track is this very nearly acoustic, just these two acoustic guitars for most of the song and these sweet vocal harmonies and a song about learning to let go and learning to just have serenity in the moment and only later in the song then do some, the keyboards come in and then some kind of weird atmospheric synths. So it's not as stripped down as that, but it that is the essence of the song and that's what they say. No, this is what this album is. A little surprising. And, and the, I like love the way that it fits into these themes of sort of loneliness and disconnection and feeling like maybe your life, you're going through the motions in a life that isn't really that satisfying for you. And it's easy to make those points in a way that's cliche, but lyrically I think this has self-awareness and depth that is makes, makes these kids seem wise beyond their years. I believe it. Uh, but fortunately, I think this song is is lovely, but a little on the quiet side for my taste. So I love that we go from this into the next track, the penultimate track, which is a banger. I want to die. It's a banger or it's like a psych jam out. All of the above. I can't confide in
this track above all I'm so bummed they we didn't get to see them live because yeah. this sort of psych rock with this level of guitar virtuosity like normally guitar solos and eh, don't not that into it uh here they are so good and I you know we played a lot of that at the end but it's really a blast and I so love that transition from the very shredding guitar solo into suddenly the two guitars in unison playing together it's like oh we're kind of doing our own things no we're a united team Mm -hmm. and it's it it fills me with so much joy to hear the fact that they've known each other for the the core members have known each other their whole lives and i think the other three also they've known for some time and so and the feeling of being close friends who know each other and have a lot of history playing together really comes through in this record like there's a lot of it it just feels very unified and it feels like the different instruments are talking to each other and really kind of in are really in sync and i think this song in particular that guitar solo really brings it all together yeah uh, we didn't play because at the very beginning of the song, but I thought it was a nice chance to shout out the drummer, Brendan Manley, who is the one person who doesn't have any songwriting credits on this, but they do, he, you know, an unsung hero because so many of these songs have crazy tempo changes and, mm. you know, he doesn't show off, but he's able to pull off some really complicated structural shenanigans with these songs and so i like that in this song they do give him a little drum solo at the beginning and it's awesome so uh, yeah it's always a little weird about like i want to die i'm like you guys are 20 what are you doing (laughs) but i'll I'll give him a little artistic license because (laughs) well and when you're 20 you can feel it feel that way sometimes too yeah but but no don't make more music (laughs) yeah this is uh, uh you know psych rock it can be so cheesy and i feel like they again the taste they can anything they're tackling yeah i want to i want to see them do club music and i guess in interviews they've talked about like oh yeah we're really into like house music like really? okay sure okay whatever i think yeah reina bach has said like yeah she's into like electronic dance music there was one song that we didn't play called fun song four that is was kind of a lo-fi electronic instrumental track that seemed like an outlier and was a little bit weird but maybe that yeah. well it's is... like electronic but even then there's like suddenly a section in the middle that's like mostly just these really clean bright guitars mm-hmm. like they bring guitar quality to anything they're doing so i'm sure if they did house music they'd figure out a way to put really great guitar lines into it so i want to leave time to play a decent amount of the last track which is called drum in and it was actually my favorite track on the record i think they they really punctuate the record well by putting this at the end as sort of their parting thought and um so we'll we'll play that on our way out so again, you've been listening to us discuss DISC, which is D-I-S-Q, and this is their debut LP called Collector, and you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for joining us. <laughs>